You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi folks and welcome to Let's Talk Photography episode 73, the show for October 2019. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts. Well, it's another solo show this month um, and a slightly unusual one in the sense that I am tentatively wandering back into opinion. Um, I've done one or two of these before and the feedback has been okay, so you don't hate it when I do opinion shows. But on the whole, I I don't want this to become the main mode of the show. I, I want it to be more factual generally. But today I'm just in in the mood for talking about a specific topic, which is quite topical, if you excuse the terrible pun at the moment. Uh, I would like to pontificate for a while about computational photography. So why am I pontificating about it now? Why is it topical now? Well, I guess the reason I'm interested in it right now is because I splashed out on a new iPhone 11 Pro. And the reason it's topical now is because lots of people on planet Earth have splashed out on an iPhone 11 Pro. And I would say the single biggest feature, certainly the biggest feature Apple were advertising, and I think the biggest feature catching people's eye in the reviews is the camera system. Now, I don't think we can call it the camera because there isn't a the camera. It really is a system. And for, I mean, it is very, very computationally heavy. But the result, well, frankly, it surprised me. I mean, you know, academically, I guess I was expecting it to be good. But what I wasn't prepared for is the amount of times I would actually utter the words wow out loud while playing with my camera phone. Um, I still remember the very first Nokias with very, very rudimentary cameras and the stuff I can do with this iPhone 11 Pro versus what I can do or what what we were doing back then. It's it's astonishing that that technology has come so far in my lifetime. Um, And I think a lot of photographers are now finding themselves thinking about whether or not this new type of photography that the iPhone is popularizing, but it is by no means alone. All of the flagship smartphones now do this kind of trickery, um, whether they be running Android or whether they be running iOS. The high-end phones, cameras is, is what they compete on, and because of the shape and size of a phone, you cannot do traditional DSLR-style things to make the camera better. You have to go a different route, and the different route involves computational photography. So it's topical because everyone's talking about it. It's topical because all the iPhone 11 reviews contain it. And it's topical for me personally because I'm now playing with it and I'm also hearing a lot of podcasters whom whose opinion I value grapple with this question. Is this photography? I mean, I've literally heard people ask, you know, is this actually photography anymore now that it's not, you know one lens, one sensor, outcome photo. So that's probably actually where I want to start this discussion. So we we did a whole episode here on what it is that makes a camera a camera. And in that podcast, I said that anything that takes light 
focuses it onto some sort of photosensitive, light-sensitive thing, which then captures and records that light, is a camera. So, is the iPhone 11, and it's, you know, the iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, iPhone 11 Pro Max, are the iPhone's 11 cameras? Is the latest Galaxy a camera? Is the latest Google Pixel a camera? Hmm, interesting. So how do these modern devices work? Well, they, generally speaking, they have multiple lenses these days. The multiple can be two, three. I believe in Android land there are quad camera cameras. So you have multiple physical lenses, which do meet my traditional definition, where you take light from the world, project it onto some sort of photosensitive surface, specifically a sensor, in this case a digital sensor. So you have multiple lenses of different focal lengths projecting onto each their own individual sensor. And then you have a silicon chip reading all the information from all of the sensors, combining it together to produce a single image. It's not always that complicated, depending on the camera model. Sometimes they just some of the phones just switch from one from camera to the other, and so it it's sort of like interchangeable lenses where you're changing the sensor as well as the lens. But particularly the iPhones and the more advanced ones with things like night mode, um, so that's the Pixel and and the Galaxy high end ones. They're integrating the information from all of those sensors together, and in fact, there's more trickery going on than just that. Right, So it's not just that you have multiple images being combined into one image, um, because historically, actually, there is precedent for that. Um, There was a long time when stereoscopic photography was the big thing. Um, And to do that, you actually had two cameras parallel to each other, taking basically, you know, like your eyes, two views of the world at a distance apart, and that gave you the ability to capture stereoscopic information, to capture a 3D effect. And so that was two cameras in the traditional sense producing one image, which is your stereoscopic image. So you could argue that if all that was going on was the you know two multiple lenses being combined into one final product, well, there's plenty of precedent for that. And so, okay, fine, case closed, definitely photography, carry on. But the case isn't quite closed yet because there's more going on than that. So these these modern devices are also playing with time. So one of the things that we know the iPhone does, and I'm by no means assuming other cameras don't do this to other camera phones, uh, but we know for a fact that the iPhones are actually running a constant buffer of capture while the camera app is on. And when you press the shutter, they're using information they collected before you press the shutter to create your photograph of the instant at which you press the shutter. So that means that there's already information on the background and all sorts of stuff that can be used at the point you press the shutter to finalize an image and produce a really nice final image. So the camera's like a precog. It's thinking ahead. It's it's actually using information from before you decided to take a picture to make your final picture, which is... Hella cool, actually. Um, but is that photography? Well, there's, you know, there's even more time playing going on, I guess, before I answer my opinion on that question. Um, even after you do press the shutter, um, the the camera is doing all sorts of 
other time messing. So if it's too dark, if if there's just not enough light to um to work as it is, then the cameras will go into night mode. The iPhones and you, I think you have to manually put the 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 Android ones into night mode. But either way, there is a night mode available, and in night mode, literally your your shutter speed ish is you know three seconds if you're hand holding so handheld three seconds which is kind of cool where it's basically just continuing to grab more and more and more and more and more information and stacking those frames together auto aligning stacking auto aligning stacking auto aligning stacking and building up more and more and more information to produce a final image and in fact if you have your iphones 11 on a tripod you can go up to i think it's half a minute of, of gathering ever more information but what's presented is then massively protest so we have Multiple multiple lenses shining light onto multiple sensors, capturing information over many seconds to produce one final image. But even then, the to produce one final image involves a massive amount of processing. It's effectively Uber HDR is going on because a whole you know, especially if you're going for a three second exposure, anything with streetlights would ordinarily be massively overexposed. But because you're stacking multiple short frames together. The silicon, the the brains, can just not keep stacking more images in the bits that are bright enough and just leave them as they are. Okay, when you're properly exposed, I'll stop stacking more data here. Oh, you're still too dark. I'll keep stacking data here. And in the end up, you end up with an image where everything sort of looks as it should. I mean, these nighttime images don't look like daytime. They still look like nighttime, but they look like nighttime looks to our eye. I can see in the shadows in the dark, but a camera can't. So they're doing massive HDR. Uh, they're doing massive integration of multiple images and very selectively, so bits and pieces from each image. They're doing multiple lenses. And in fact, there's even another piece. There is machine learning involved where the software tries to, and indeed with the help of the silicon, because a lot of the machine learning stuff is implemented in, in actual silicon these days. It tries to recognize known things in the image, like faces in particular. Uh, to make sure that a face is always, if possible, well exposed and coloured a human plausible colour. So, you know, basically from pale white to dark black and all the shades in between, but not luminous orange. Well, most humans aren't luminous orange. There are some notable exceptions. Uh, Bright blue, say. No, no humans are bright blue. Um, Or you know, radiant green, unless you're very, very seasick, I guess. So basically, it tries to keep the, the, the faces properly exposed and a plausible colour. So you have machine learning going on, you have very selective stacking of images in a very intelligent way, you have capturing of so much information from different, through different lenses onto different sensors. It's making estimates of the white balance, all, all the stuff I guess we've been doing for a long time. There is so much going on here, right? Some of it in the glass and some of it in the silicon. Oh, which reminds me of a very cool thing that occurred to me today. Um, Everything about these modern highfalutin cameras is made of sand because sand is what makes glass. So the quote-unquote glass is actually sand. And sand is also what makes silicon chips. So the silicon is also sand. So basically you have a combination of sand and sand to make really cool images. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So with all that said and done, do 
I think this is still photography. Well, to me, thinking about it long and hard, it comes down to this very simple question. What are the inputs? If the only input is light bouncing off reality, being captured, then surely it is photography, because all photography is non-instantaneous. The fact that these modern techniques rely on potentially multiple seconds worth of information to produce their final image, that's absolutely, positively nothing new to photography. Photography has never been instantaneous, it never can be instantaneous. And in fact, the very earliest days of photography, exposure times, as we learned about when we are looking at stuff Nieps was doing many, many, many episodes ago, and sort of the prehistory of photography, you had like eight-hour exposure times in some of the first recognisable photographs when they were using uh, bitumen, uh, tar, basically. So if you're... If multiple hours being integrated into one image counts, well then why wouldn't three seconds be okay? And the actual photograph captured is still the moment in time that the human decided, I wish to capture this. Yes, it's using information from before that moment in time, but the actual moment being captured, the the bit of time being visually frozen, is at the command of the human. So the human is still in charge. The AI hasn't replaced the human in any way. It's not that the photographs are deciding when they should be taken. We are, we the photographer are framing the image and saying now. So we're still in charge here. So this is still us being creative. And then the only information entering into the system is the light from the universe. So it is still light being captured and through a mechanical process. Now, by mechanical, I don't mean physically mechanical. I mean algorithmic. I mean deterministic. No, I'll choose a better word. Mechanical is the wrong word. Deterministically converted into an image. If you take the same photons and you run them through the same, you know, you run them through the iPhone or the Pixel or the, the, the Galaxy, whatever, take the same photons of light and you rerun it again, you will get the same picture out because it is, while it is using fancy techniques like machine learning, it's, they're just decision-making. It's just computer code. If this, then that, ultimately at the very, 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 very lowest level. There's no other input other than the light bouncing off reality, entering through the lens and being recorded on a photosensitive medium. Yes, it's multiple lenses. Yes, it's multiple pieces of photosensitive material. And yes, the act of integrating all of that light, all of those, all of that signal is complicated. But it's not magic. It's still a bunch of deterministic algorithms written by human beings going through mechanical devices created by human beings. There's no input other than that light. So how is it really fundamentally at its at its essence how is it any different to anything we've been doing before i mean you you can go back to the 1800s to find people creating all sorts of techniques for dealing with high dynamic range including um inserting like a comb with the teeth adjusted into the shape of the mountain so that you would block out 
the sky from most of your exposure, but not all of your exposure, because before you had panchromatic film, the blue would overexpose all the time. So we've been doing all of these tricks where different parts of the image are exposed for different amounts, literally since the 1800s. We've been exposing for stupendously long amounts of times and integrating it into one single image for absolutely ages. We've been striving to make our captured image look more like what our eye sees literally since the dawn of photography. There has never been a time when a photograph has been an instantaneous snapshot of reality. It's never been instantaneous. So apart from the fact that the the only difference is in implementation, the difference is not in philosophy. So yes, this is absolutely, positively photography. Regardless of whether or not I've convinced you that it is photography, or maybe you didn't need convincing, maybe you always thought it was. Regardless, let's leave the question of whether or not it's photography aside and look at an equally important question is, um, so is it any good? Um, and I, I'm stunned. I said it already early in the show. I am amazed at how, how true to life these images are. I, the reason I was very interested in HDR as a technique is because it always frustrated me immensely that the camera's dynamic range is so much smaller than my eyes. I can simultaneously see detail in highlights and shadows. Traditional digital cameras in particular can't. Film cameras also, frankly, can't, although they're arguably a little better at it. But these modern, highly technological, these computational photography devices... They can capture what I think is impressively realistic images. And they're, they're being engineered so that the, the resulting image is as close to what we see as possible. So basically all of this technology is working around the limitations in our previous digital technology to the aim not of doing something different. No, the aim is to point click and get back an image that looks like the world looked at that point in time. That is that is the problem that they are trying to solve and they are managing to do so in ever more difficult circumstances and circumstances where traditional digital cameras absolutely foundered, where they absolutely did not succeed. These brainy digital cameras are succeeding. They are succeeding spectacularly. Um, the point where I realised that I was absolutely positively recording this as a show was last night, and I do mean last night. Um, I did, the weather forecast was absolutely awful for the morning. I said, "Well, you know, sod it. I want to get some exercise." So I went out for a midnight walk. Um, and as is so often the case in Ireland, the weather was superbly beautiful. It was a lovely night, and I had my iPhone eleven with me. And there was no wind. The wind was absolutely, totally still. So the canal was like a mirror. And I just had to try out this night photography stuff. Um, I hadn't thought ahead to bring a tripod. So I was doing it all handheld. Handheld with a mobile phone. In the dark. At one in the morning. Right. It is. My Up until now, there was no point in trying to use my camera in those situations. My phone camera as a camera in those situations 
was useless. It would not achieve anything. Well, my goodness me, has that changed. So, I think the the shot that really hammered it home to me, I'll just imagine the scene. So you have the canal as it runs through the outskirts of Manu's village. And on one side of the canal, you have the railway station. And on the other side of the canal, you have the path, which is street lit. And the train station is also street lit. So you street lights on both sides of the canal. Uh, but you have the path that leads to Manu's village. And then you have a footbridge across the canal linking the train station to Manu's village. And the canal is just still. It's a mirror. So I go on the footbridge and I take a picture. So there are streetlights to my right. There are streetlights to my left. It is one in the morning. It is pitch dark. And the canal is below me like a mirror. The railway station to my right reflected in the canal. The dynamic range here in this scene is immense between the dark blacks of the canal and all the areas not directly in the streetlights and then these actual giant streetlights right in my face. Any other camera, be it my nicest DSLR or be it any other camera phone I've ever owned, utterly, utterly founders in these situations would achieve nothing. If I wanted to capture this scene up until now, I would have had to manually do an HDR, so I would have had to bracket. And in fact, with the dynamic range being as it is, I'm imagining I probably would have needed five to seven brackets here. It's a lot of work and effort. I handheld my phone and captured the scene perfectly. I captured the scene like my eye sees it. Detail where the streetlights are shining. And an appropriate amount of detail where the streetlights aren't shining. And it still looks like night. It is still, when you look at the histogram, a predominantly dark image. But the blacks have the appropriate amount of detail. The highlights have the appropriate amount of detail, but the image still has the appropriate amount of dark and bright to look like it is nighttime and I am standing there. The photograph looks like the scene I was standing in front of. And I took it in three seconds, handheld with my phone. Wow. So yes, it's worth the hype. Yes, it's really photography. And yes, it's pretty darn good. So don't let anyone tell you that this new computational photography isn't photography. It is. And don't let anyone tell you that it's just a gimmick. It isn't. This is game-changing. I am genuinely in awe at the power of this camera. My phone is now the best camera I own, and that floors me. My poor DLSR must be crying into its very dusty camera bag which unfortunately is where it's probably going to stay. So I think that's kind of all I wanted to say. It's not the world's longest episode, but really I, I've i heard so much talk about how it's not really photography and I just I just wanted to have my say. Um, I am very curious if people think I have made a sane case or if you think I'm absolutely, you know, bad guano crazy. You can definitely let me know either way, whether you agree or disagree, by going to letstalk.ie and uh, you will find a button there that says contact. You click on that button, you can use that to let me know what you think. 
You can also reach me on Twitter. Um, at LTPod is the Twitter for the show. Uh, or at BBooShots, which you can't spell. So if you go to bartb.ie, you'll get a link to my Twitter there. But anyway, while you're on letstalk.ie, you will find the section called Support the Show. So this is an entirely listener-supported show. There are no advertisers, and the reason for that is because I feel very strongly that if I'm going to go to the effort of recording a podcast, then I want it to be crystal clear to everyone that the opinions you are receiving are 100% mine and 100% honest. If I th- Just imagine on this episode if I were sponsored by Apple. Could you take what I said today seriously? No, you couldn't. And you would be dead right to be sceptical as all hell. So that's why there's no advertisers, because it means I am always free to speak my mind, and you, the listener, will always know that it's my mind you're getting, because there is no other incentive. But of course... Listener supported means I need the support of listeners. Uh, I am at a place in life at the moment where podcasting needs to break even. I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I'm doing this because I have gotten so much out of the podcasting community that I I really feel as I want to give back. I genuinely feel I want to give back. Uh, but I do need to break even. And that's where you guys come in. And the great thing is that you guys are pretty much, we're pretty much spot on there. Um, we're almost breaking even in terms of the Patreon, and then with the PayPal donations from time to time, we are breaking even, plus a little bit of extra for those not monthly expenses, those not recurring expenses. Basically, the Patreon is almost covering the monthly expenses, and the PayPal is giving a little bit of a buffer when I need some new hardware, some new software, etc., etc. So, you know, thank you ever so much, everyone who has ever supported the show. It is amazing that you people do that, and I really appreciate it. So there's a Patreon button. Patreon is a way where you support the show. You pledge a certain amount per show. There will be exactly two shows a month, one of these photography shows and one Apple show. So if you'd like to support me with $5, pledge $2.50. You get the idea. Uh, There's a PayPal button, which is really only value for money if you're giving more than $5, because otherwise PayPal fees work out that basically PayPal get all the money. And you, you know, you have still not got the money. The money has left you. And you were intending it to support me, and instead you've gone to support PayPal. Um, so that's why the Patreon button is so amazing, because it allows small dollar amounts in an efficient and effective way. And PayPal is fantastic if you'd like to give, you know, once a year, some, you know, by word, the equivalent of two cups of coffee or something, you know, that, that's super wonderful. That would be so much appreciated. And then there are referral links. So you can, if you want to register some domains, you can use my Huffer.com referral link, or if you need some virtual hosting or some uh, MySQL as a service or some Postgres as a service, DigitalOcean, have your back there, Linux VMs, all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, as I say, all of it is at letstashtalk.ie. I've been your host, Bart Bouchotts. You can find me at bartb.ie. Now, until next time, happy snapping, whether that be plain old snapping or whether that be computational snapping. Either way, enjoy. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast. 
I thought their explanation of it was a little bit weak. A little well, bit weak? <laughs> just shut up. They said they have a vision. Oh, okay. Or if I'm in my car and the music just wirelessly stops working for no freaking reason, I got to reboot the phone. I'm so ticked off about it. it. It was a piece of junk and no one bought it. I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you got two of them that are going to fall out of your ear. However good they are, the price is pretty hard to stomach. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What they, the hell is going prof- on? Their, their vision is also profit margin. Shove them I as think- far into your ears you can. Tech Fan Podcast. Yeah.